Hi everybody, this is the Fish and Goods Podcast. Hey everybody! Hi! Welcome back. It's 2020. We made it. Yep. It's been five days out here and a lot of shit has been happening. I'm weak. It's been five days. It's so much shit that didn't happen, and the new year just started. It ain't even been a. We week. just got here. Yeah, I wish it was the third day so I could do that little little Uzi vert. Oh man, it's only my third day out here. I don't know. Um, yeah, welcome back. Um, to the Fish and Chris podcast. For if you're new, I'm King A. I'm Dia. We never introduce ourselves anymore. Um, we don't have a full slate today. I don't know what you want to talk about first. You want to talk about Blue Ivy? You want to talk about World War Three? Possibly. Okay, let's just get World War Three afterward because I the, the anxiety that it gives me. I just want to get that afterward. I really want to take it seriously, but it's so hard with the memes. Like, okay, so I haven't really been paying attention to the memes like that just because I think that it's serious. Like every time I would see a meme, you know, honestly, I just been trying to stay positive, and I just feel like World War Three, the whole concept of it, is so negative. So I purposely was like, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. I saw some of them, just some of them, and they made but you chuckle. I don't think they made me chuckle. I was just like, y'all can't take shit serious. Like, Dude, nobody sure. can take anything serious. <laughs> it's funny, though. And then, like, uh, I think right now for us, with my uh, my brother-in-law, we're just trying to understand if he has to, like, you know, go, go over there. Because mm-hmm. um, a lot of his friends and, like, you know, uh, people within, like, his squadron, whatever they call this shit. Uh, are going over there currently. So it's just like, I don't know, I guess it hits different from some people. Mm-hmm. But, and then also when I was at my other job, somebody was like, would you rather fight in the war or would you rather go to prison? And I was like, I would take prison for 5000 Alex. Right. Yeah. I would rather be content with me staying somewhere. Yes, I may be locked away. I got better chances of making it in prison than making it out there in Iran. Like, I just know I do. I mean, we laughing, but they're going to be drafting our asses, too. 18 to, like, 26 is the, is but the prime they age done, range. But they haven't done a draft. Like, we don't do drafts anymore. But if it's World War Three, a third world war, they're probably going to want our hands on dick. My brother, fortunately, does not have to go because he's 35, and that's, like, the cutoff age. What? Yes. But me There's and you... cutoff age? Yes, but me and you... We can just say peace out. But they don't draft people anymore. You have so many people that didn't I just said that if it's World War Three, you really think Trump is not going to pull a stunt like that? Well, I'm going to be like, like this to America. Sorry to this man. I don't know who that is. <laughs> I don't know Bruh, who America. I'm telling you, you ready to go to Canada? Because I'm packing my bags and I'm out of here. That's <laughs> Dude. I'm fleeing. I'm fleeing. Because I can see Donald Trump now being like, I don't give a fuck if you enlisted or not. We need everybody. So if you're between the ages of 18, 26, male and female, you're going. You're going. You're gone. Mm-mm. That's Mm-mm. why everybody keep making them fucking memes. Because it's, it's World War Three. That means the entire, like, everybody going. I don't think every... it's going to get to a World War Three. I think it's just going to be something similar to, um, you know, the, the war in Iraq. Mm-hmm. 
the bush had us over there fighting for. Yeah, but th- they killed I just a lot really, of people. Like Donald Trump talks so arrogantly, like you know, people are saying that he's only doing this to get reelected, and he literally said the same thing about Obama is trying to strategize going to war with Iran just so he can get reelected. He literally said that like. I don't know what year, and then now you literally just did the same thing just to get reelected. Like, what are you doing? Or to throw off these like impeachment hearings that they having with the Senate? I'm just like, I don't care, Donald. You I really just, just you putting up other people's lives for yourself, like yeah, preservation. Like, are you serious? And he What's don't take it seriously. I'm no, like, when, he doesn't. When they attack uh, New York again, I bet you take it seriously. Cause that's what they always, for some reason, like New York is the epicenter for all this chaos. Even in movies, it's always the epicenter of some bullshit. So that's where they probably gonna look first to attack. Yeah. I'm just like, you playing with folks' lives. You know how many people died during 9 11? Like, this ain't yeah. a game. They not playing. Ain't no telling who they already got over here plotting and setting stuff up. Mm-hmm. I'm sick of him, and he's like, America is the best country, and da da da. I'm like, I didn't know this was a competition, like whose dick is bigger. Like, I mean, right? It's like, why, why are we doing this? And then, like, we gonna be spending the money to fund this war? This nigga said they sent like a trillion dollars worth of equipment over there already. I'm like, a trillion dollars? You know, what we can do with that money over here? Education, uh, insurance, and benefits, and medical. I mean, student loans, shit. And we spending it on equipment to kill people over there? Like, that's just crazy to me. We need priorities. I'm sick of this nigga. <laughs> I'm really sick of him. And even though he is impeached, like, he's not going any fucking where. They're not gonna vote to get him out of here. And then, I also don't like the tweets that some people are making. Like, y'all can't take a joke. Y'all the ones that signed up for, uh, you yeah. know, listening like the army and all that type of stuff. You read the job responsibilities and requirements, and I'm like, yeah, they obviously understand like their responsibility to fulfill their job. Like they know what they were signing up for. It's just the fact that we are privileged and have the luxury of like you know just carrying on with our day to day lives over here. Mm-hmm. And it's just like I just wish people, yes, y'all, yes. I think because at the end of the day, comedy and being funny, it's finding like the light on the other side of tragedy. Yeah. It's essentially and what it is. That's what people, comedy is. Black people have been laughing through pain for years. So yes. this is just like, how I understand we cope. that. But in the midst of us like being funny or something, I wish somebody would be like, nah, but for real though, like all jokes aside, like y'all, this yeah. is serious. I send my prayers over there. Like, I, I wish them the best and different things like that. Because you just never know, like, what words of encouragement can go. But, anywho, I'm just, I'm just over. I'm just over, Donald. Donald, just sit down. Sit down. I'm not going to lie. They have that meme of Soldier Boy where he was like, 20 niggas came through the door. <laughs> so and I was cute. like, pow, pow, pow. And somebody was like, me telling my grandkids about World War Three. I was like, bro, like, y'all need to stop. Like, it's not funny, but, like, y'all are funny. Yeah, and y'all, y'all don't waste no time. Waste no time! Like, no the time. shit dropped, like, two hours ago, and already it's, like, a million memes online. So. I think I saw the one when somebody was, like, me in World War Three. Uh, I'm in the ghetto. Gra-ta-ta-ta. Like, that little <laughs> beat that that dude is doing. I'm like, y'all are fucking stupid. Like, I wish y'all would just stop. Right. But, but speaking of attacks and stuff, 
I really want y'all to leave black women and black girls alone. Please. It, the new year just started. Let's let's start. Please. I want to say blue eyes for last because I feel like there's so much there's so much history and context around it because the, yes. the attacks on Blue Ivy have been it's been here for since she, since baby since was, she was born. born. You know, <laughs> so we'll save her for last. But let's go to Tiana Taylor and Ari Lennox. First of all, they do not look like motherfucking rock rollers. Okay, okay let's get that's that true, out the way. But you know, I made a change this new year already. Off of that situation, because I have unfollowed the shade room. Look at you! Um, you know this shit is negative. The shade room is oppressive as fuck. It's very <laughs> negative. People in there literally are miserable as fuck. And all the energy of social media and all the energy they put into those comments, they would never dare say it to any of those people's faces. But mm-hmm. when this Ari Lennox and Tiana Taylor situation came up, first of all, I was like, to the black man who wrote that shit, I want to know. Who didn't love you? Right. Where your Who father you? is? Do you need a hug and some therapy? Because I don't understand what y'all don't understand about the fact that when you attack black women, you're also attacking your mothers, your sisters, your cousins, your aunts, mm-hmm. your grandmothers, your nieces. Everybody. Like you're like when you attack black women, that's including the women in your life. Now y'all hate for somebody to say your mama or your granny, or this, that, and the third, but you talk about them all the time when you make those egregious-ass statements about black women. And I feel like this was totally out the blue and uncalled for. Then you really are a weak bitch because you didn't act either one of them. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I'm assuming somebody sent this to Ari, but to see her get on her live and cry about it, and I don't think she was crying because I don't want to say her feelings were hurt, but just to see her be upset and go off about the fact that, like, you never see other races of men talk about their women the way black men go on and on and mm-hmm. on about how much they don't like black women and not all black men but just I'm generalizing here but how they and don't like black, black women. women talking about other black women yeah like it's just weird to me how black men just are so disrespectful to black women and a lot of times y'all do it to uplift women of other races and it's just it's weird to me like it's, it's really scary how much you guys hate yourselves and you project it onto us Women who, when y'all get shot down in the streets, we the ones at the front lines protesting for y'all. Women who, when your daddies don't want to be around to take care of y'all, we get two or three jobs to make sure you got clothes on your back and food in your mouths. So yeah. it's just funny how that, that love is reciprocated. Black women cape for black men all the time and y'all still shit on us. And do you know what's crazy? I hate when we be like, well, this is another example of how black men, like, all men are trash, or black men are trash. And, like, literally, the first person to come out be like, you can't say all black men are trash. Like, literally, nobody was referring to you, but if you feel like I was, then maybe you are trash. Yeah, hit dog with holler. Um, I'm just... It's just so sad. It was just... Because they up. are... They are extremely beautiful women. Mm-hmm. They are extremely talented women. Musically, I'm sure business wise, like these are strong women. And the fact that, like, you just continue, I think it just comes from a place of like insecurities and like self hate. Like, it has to. Like, are you that so unsecure with yourself that you literally have to just go out and purposely like hate and like make jokes and all this type of stuff? Because it's just like, it's not needed nor required. And I find this that. This really happens more times than not to black dark skinned women. Mm-hmm. It's always darker skinned women that get like 
the brunt of like everything. It's like from being called roaches. So like one girl, like and then it was a thread of women of black women just coming in saying what they had been called by from boys when they was growing up, what they uncles, what they dads would say, all this type of stuff. And like overwhelmingly within all the tweets and the thread, it was a lot of women that were darker skin. And it's just like that is so sad and like so unfortunate. We knew that this was happening like throughout the history of times. Like we knew that. And, like, we know that, you know, this whole started with, like, you know, European standards, different things like that. Um, Black women, like, thinking that we have to change ourselves based on what was told us, all this type of stuff. And it's just, like, why do we continue to perpetuate this narrative? Or why do we continue to perpetuate our hate for our own race? Like, can we all just, like, focus on ourselves? Honestly, I just think that everybody Black just needs therapy. We all just need to work this stuff out. Because this, you're projecting yourself onto other people. Um, and like I unfollowed the shade room because when they posted about her going on live and talking about this, I'm going in the comments and I'm just scrolling and like you got black women telling her like to you know um, people been talking about Tiana Taylor all these years and you don't see her out here saying anything about it or so? you know basically saying like to ignore the comments, get off social media, black men attacking her. And at that point, I was just kind of like you know this oppressive ass. This oppressive mm-hmm. ass site, this oppressive ass Instagram page. It's just, it's just really startling to me how I would, I thought I would come in here and expect, you know, these black women to be like rallying behind her, but to see y'all like attacking her too and telling her to get over it, I'm just like, you know what? Fuck the shade room, fuck mm-hmm. the people in these comments. I don't need this. The year just started and we already on our bullshit. Already yeah. on our bullshit. So you know what? I don't need to keep looking at the shade room. Now I still follow Bala Alert because they're they're really not as bad as as Shade Room and it still allows me to keep up with what's going on as far as like in pop culture. But mm-hmm. they can get that same treatment too if it gets to that point. But I'm just like I'm sick of the shade room and it's oppressive as fuck. And I'm just I was just like I'm I'm fed up because Ari don't do shit to nobody. She is a really right. sweet soul. She's funny as fuck. She's talented as fuck. And, you know, y'all already gave her the blues after the whole Soul Training War situation. But this shit right here, this is real. A lot of y'all have experienced this. And instead of y'all having her back, y'all in here attacking her for sharing her opinion on her live. And I blame the shade room because they know what the fuck they be doing when they take from these celebrities' lives and put it on there and give their, and y'all give y'all unsolicited ass opinion. Because yeah. that was her fucking live. That was her page. The shade room didn't right. have to take a snippet of that and put it on there. They knew what the fuck they were doing. And I've been wanting to unfollow them for a while because I hate when they post celebrity kids on there and you see people in there just being nasty as fuck in the comments to children. Like they're Extreme. doing the Blue Ivy. So we can go ahead and move on. Huh, y'all have been... First of all, let's just say, when I first saw that picture of Blue Ivy and those other two women, I was like, wow, look at this. Look at this superstar and her fans beside her. But no, the picture was Blue Ivy and Beyonce and Megan Thee Stallion. I think from uh, the Carter's New Year's Eve pajama party because I follow some people that work from Beyonce and like they like was it's it's a pajama party or whatever. So um, immediately when I saw the picture, I was like, "Yo, Blue Ivy will not get off our nets." Like, honey, it's slaying. And the first thing I thought about was like, "Wow, she just looks so pretty." Like she's always just been like you know a pretty kid to me. And then immediately after that, everybody just started talking about how, like, well, some people, I saw the positives first. Everybody was like, you know, good vibes. 
they were saying, oh my gosh, she's so pretty. Who are those other two women? People was talking about her hair, obviously, because of the historical context behind her whole hair in the beginning of her lifetime, where people was talking about like how Blue Ivy wasn't as pretty as Northwest because her hair was like kinky or like, not I don't want to say kinky. I'm trying to say kinky out of my vocabulary when I talk about hair. Her hair was more textured. And like curly and coily, and like Northwest, of course, had like you know the wavy, I guess sometimes straight hair or whatever, whatever. Um, so people was like, "Wow, look at all those people that talk bad about Blue Ivy back in the day, and she got more hair than all the edges that they got with the lace fronts, all that type of stuff." So it turned into being positive, and then it turned into being anti-black, and then it turned into grown people now tearing down Blue Ivy yet again over her appearance and how she's going to look like her dad and all that type of stuff. It's freaking genetics. She's going to look like her parents, a mixture of both, maybe one more than the other. I don't really care. Kids look like their parents. But I think it was just disheartening to see especially Black people continue to tear down this child and then also use this positive moment about this child to tear down other Black people. Like, you can uplift Blue Ivy without talking about somebody else's lack of edges and different things like that, how I see it. Yes, I agree that those people that were coming for her in the beginning didn't have much as hair, da 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 all that type of stuff, he can say that, but it's just like, come on, y'all. We can give compliments and just leave the negative stuff out of it. Um. You all wonder why Beyonce don't post her kids, exactly. why she don't do interviews, why she doesn't really share or put captions on her pictures um, because of stuff like this. Like, y'all already do a lot when y'all attack her for stupid mm-hmm. shit. But, you know, to come for her kids, I feel like Beyonce at this point, if you're listening, you're probably not. But if you ever hear this, just start suing motherfuckers or putting gag orders on people because <laughs> these are people who come from reputable magazines like yeah, one like of them variety. worked for vanity fair yeah. or variety and the other one worked for harper's bazaar and i'm just like to that white bitch who tried to give an apology but then tried to turn herself into the victim so after somebody called her out about it she was like oh you know well you know i apologize and my statements were this and that but i have people coming for me calling me racist and this like no bitch you white women it love to do this shit y'all love racist. to y'all love the white fucking tears it was racist Y'all because love... you would never talk about a white child like that. You you just wouldn't. You you love flipping the narrative and making yourself look like the victim. No, bitch. Take accountability for the fact that y'all attacked a seven. She's seven, right? I know mm-hmm. she's seven, about to be eight. Seven year old child, seven. an innocent child who does not does not do anything to nobody. She's living her best life. You attacked her, and I mean, I shouldn't be surprised. You know, because yeah. white feminists do this shit all the time where, you know, they want everybody to come together for femininity and all that. But when it comes to race, it's like, mm, that's not question. something I want to be a part of. You know, out the, the racism the comes out when it comes to black women's issues. But to that black man to do that shit, you know, fuck and you. I hope they fire with the white lady. Yeah. I hope both of you get fired. I hope no one hires you because that was mm. that was disgusting. Um, but for that black man to do that to that black girl, you know. I also want to know who hurt you. Where is your father? I guess you didn't have when a lot of us didn't. Um, you know, does your mother not love you? What are you going through? Do you need therapy? Because it was so uncalled for. It was so uncalled for. And to me, Blue Ivy looks like her mom more than she looks like Jay-Z to me. Every time they pull up these pictures of Beyonce when she was young and put they them side by side, I'm like, alike. they look just alike. You know, I just, I don't know what, 
black women broke his heart. I don't know what happened to him when he was young, but I'm going to need y'all to stop projecting y'all self-hate on these black women and these black girls. But I am happy to, I'm, I'm good. It's good to know that Blue Ivy has a strong foundation surrounding her. Um, she got two of the most powerful people in the world as her parents. Girl, her whole circle aunt. is powerful. And, you know, her mom is doing for her what maybe a lot of our mamas didn't do for us um, when we were younger. And I'm not, that's not a bad thing. Because, I mean, when I look back in hindsight, I wish my mama had never put a perm in my hair. Because I'm not telling how, right. you know, nice or how long or healthy my hair would have been at the age of 25 if she had just left it alone and I put chemicals in it. But her mama is employing self-love in her, you know what I'm saying, by keeping her hair natural. And and not putting any of those nasty ass chemicals and lying all that shit in her hair. And she's gonna appreciate that shit when she's younger. She's out here, you know, doing shit up for the culture with her Coachella performances. And Blue Ivy sees that shit and she conceptualizes that shit. And I don't know if she realizes now how powerful seeing stuff like that is, but she will when she gets old and she's able to like mm-hmm. conceptualize that shit. Her mama and daddy doing a lot for her now that a lot of our parents probably couldn't do for us back then. And then right. also came out and said that like the music that she does going forward, she wants her daughter to be proud of her. Mm-hmm. Like, all of this, the gift that she did for Lion King, like, eliminate all that, she just wants Blue to be proud of her. She wants to leave something for her kids. As what Miss Tina did for them growing up. They knew about what Black Excellence was, and Blue, gonna know the, and Blue already know the same thing. It's just yeah. so disheartening that, like, you guys attack children like black people like oh my god like why do we have to go through so much and then black women it's a double-edged sword like we take like the most from everything we catch like the worst shit of everything it's so sad yeah but i'm they shielding her from this shit you know um she'll she'll probably never have to see stuff like that and i'm sure it's not getting to her because i'm me yeah and stuff like that but you know Beyonce just sue or just put a gag order on them or like just just never like you never come to the BT Awards just never do a variety or Harper's Bazaar spread ever because why would you want to do anything for a magazine that employs people like that especially if they don't fire both of these bitch ass motherfuckers I mean they haven't came out and said anything about it so I highly doubt it okay well fuck both of them and I can cross yeah. them off my list <laughs> of mm-hmm. people that I may future potentially want to work for in the future because I don't want to work for anybody like that if y'all not going to come out and condemn them for that right. shit and fire them. I don't have time for that because then it speaks to how maybe the treatment is is in that, in that newsroom. You are how, a so. you are a, like an image of your environment, literally. So, yeah. So, fuck both of y'all. Um, and I really want y'all, the year just started, please leave black women alone. Because it's all good when y'all need us to um, fight for y'all on the front lines. But you don't want to take us home to meet your mamas, you know. You want to get you a Becky or, you know, a little Latin mommy that you want to take home. Because of self-hate. I said that black women could be a lot further in, like, I guess life or in America if we just would have stuck to our own issues and didn't try to help and save everybody else. Because when you look at it, they depend on us for elections. Anything political, they know that we got the power, we got the vote, all that type of stuff. When it comes to feminism, 
like I honestly, like I honestly don't think that feminism would be what it is today without the black woman. And then even what you said about like how the lady like was a feminist, or whatever, and like always would pick her race over her sex. Mm-hmm. We saw this with Donald Trump. We have seen this time and time again. And then looking at black men. When, like you said, when black men and black bodies of men are shot by police officers, different things like that, who are on the front lines and who are like trying to nurture and take care of all of these wounds? The black woman. Like, if we, she's just basically said, if we could have just focused on ourselves and move forward, just focus on ourselves, we would be so much further in life. And I've been thinking about this since she said that, because when she first said, I was like, uh, but is that really how we need to live? So I just been thinking about like how she said that. But um, we can yeah, move on along yeah. uh, to I another uh, black woman that was attacked. Oh today yeah, I forgot all about via social Bear. media. Um, so if you haven't like noticed anything, Afrochella was held in Ghana. Um, I said a friend that went to Afrochella this year. I think she's still in Ghana, or maybe she's back by now. I don't know. But she went or whatever like that. So I was just seeing like a lot of like celebrities or whatever were in, a, were in Ghana, like bringing in the new year, different things like that. You know, um, one in particular that I was following on Twitter was Scotty Bean. So Scotty was like, you know, documenting her whole like process. She was talking about how excited she was to finally go, all that type of stuff. She like looked like to me, she had an amazing time. You know, her pictures were lovely as always. You know, other people were coming and saying that they wanted to link up. Jackie Ina, you know, was there. They linked up, all that type of stuff. So it just seemed like an overall good trip. Um, unfortunately, on Scotty's departure back to the States from Ghana, uh, she flew with Delta Airlines and she was having some issues. A, getting to her seat and she already paid for it. She expressed on Twitter at Delta. Why is it that I'm being bribed to pay $10,000 for a seat I already paid for? And then I guess she got on the flight, uh, got off, I want to say back in the States. And when they got off the plane, they had took all of their luggage off of the plane in Ghana. So her luggage is still in Ghana. Why they took all the luggage off of the plane in Ghana and left the luggage in Ghana, I don't know. But within all these tweets, she kept adding Delta Airlines. Like, I don't think anywhere that she said that this is a problem of Ghana. Mm-hmm. I am only talking to Delta Airlines. And she was like, at this point, I just want to go home. Like, I'm done. I just want to go home. And honestly, when you're in a foreign land or a foreign location, if, even in the States, if I'm not at my house and I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go. I'm just over it. Don't matter where I'm at, I'm ready to go. Um, A lot of people started, like, responding to her comments and saying, like, Oh, uh, it was like mixed to me. A lot of people were saying, Oh my God, that's so unfortunate that this happened to you. I hope that you know you get your seal. It's like, you know, you get your luggage. And then a lot of people were like, Sadly, this is the truth of Ghana and this is extremely normal. It was a lot of people saying that this was normal. So there was this one tweet where somebody after she said, I just hope that I get my luggage back, somebody basically said Girl, you'll never get that luggage back. It's going to be kids. Somebody said, the kids in Ghana are wearing your clothes. And, like, it's like the little gift for the kids dancing and stuff. Like, they're really Mm -hmm. excited. So, I guess that's the tweet that had a lot of people pissed about it. Because she Mm -hmm. said, like, a comment on it. And she basically, like, retweeted it with a comment. It was like, 
will I guess this is what it is or something like that. She was like, I don't know. Well, she was like, well, I guess that's fine. I just want my luggage back. Like, she really just wasn't saying anything bad about Gunner. Mm-hmm. So, this morning, I saw that the grapevine, I don't even follow the grapevine. She actually responded to them. But I just read the tweet that they said because I screenshotted it. <clears throat> Basically, they said that these responses to what you experienced at the airport, while unfortunate, are very irresponsible. Your tweets read as if you are condemning all of Ghana for what happened. Please tweet with responsibility and care when you talk about a Black third world country as a Black woman. So basically, they're like chastising her on social media for the unfortunate experience that she solely has had. Like, she never talked about nobody else's experience. If anything, everybody else kept tying their experiences in the past to what she was going through. It was hella people saying, yeah, my uncle, when he comes to pick me up from the airport, they always have like $100 just on standby because you literally have to tip and pay everybody to get through the airport just so you can make it to your flight on time. This is what people were saying. So, um, and she never, I don't think she said that she would never go back to Ghana or anything like that. But as soon as the grapevine made that tweet, it's like everybody from Ghana was like, you know, I just wish that these women, black women that have like these strong uh, social media presence or like profiles would use their stuff for good and all that type of stuff. And I'm over here like, so did y'all, y'all just go disregard all the positive stuff that she said about Ghana? And then she never mentioned that this was shit solely about Ghana. She mm-hmm. literally kept adding Delta Airlines, Delta, can you fix this? Delta, what the hell is going on? Delta, why am I going through this? And like was not getting any response or anything from Delta. And so for them to come in and try to say that she condemned all of Ghana, I was like, I don't think that's what she said at all. Um, let me just interject for a second. Um, I did because I when you text me what the grapevine had said, um, I was like, I'm gonna go on here to just get some context because I really was clueless as to what the fuck was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like whoever I think Ashley, I feel like the girl who's the host and the mediator in the grapevine, that was probably her tweeting from the grapevine. Um, I I was confused too because I was like, I don't understand. As I was looking at her tweets, I'm like, yeah, I don't really understand why everybody's jumping down her throat. She hasn't. I haven't seen anything that she said anything specifically about Ghana, you yeah. know, or condemning the entire, you know. Um, I could see if she came out and said, "Ghana is corrupt as fuck. I would never go back there again." Like I could see if she said that, but she um, didn't. But I guess the joke that somebody made that she retweeted, I personally probably wouldn't have retweeted that or even replied back to it because yeah. it was made in poor taste. I think that's the only misstep that she made. But other than that, I didn't really see the need for people to keep attacking her. I mean, like, I didn't really understand why everybody was jumping down her throat. And, I mean, I know you were saying that, you know, you felt like um, the grapevine had an elitist mentality. And I know you I'm have really been fucking with them because of that <laughs> one video where it was a discussion about African Americans versus Africans versus Caribbeans. But my thing is, like, that one girl doesn't speak for the entire panel of um, the great vibe because for me I don't watch for her like no offense to well, her but she doesn't offer a, a perspective most times that I'm just like riveted by like there are certain people in there that I watch for because they always come with informed educated you know perspectives and opinions and so I don't I feel like because she's the face of it it's, it's reflecting poorly on the entire grapevine thing 
but mm-hmm. I just wouldn't say that maybe she has an elitist mentality because I know you haven't liked her because of some of the previous statements she's made about like black yeah. men and her experience. Well, maybe but, it's just her and I yeah, keep tying her to it. To because, everybody. Like yeah. you said, it's the face of it. So I'm a, I recant that. I can't yeah. admit that I'm wrong. So let me not say the grapevine is a hoe. But that hoe's right there. That hoe right there. I just don't. I don't know why, but I, I don't like the vibes that I get from mm-hmm. her, especially half of the stuff that she says. And I guess this is like similar to, I don't know, maybe this could be similar to like what Scotty Bean was going through like now. Like this is one isolated event and people are saying that, hey, we feel like we're talking about all of Ghana. But yeah, I could see like why she retweeted. I could see why that uh, joke was like in poor taste. Mm-hmm. Because but, yeah. it made me think about how people had this perception of Mississippi that as soon as they step on the soil, they finna get lynched and, yeah. and the KKK gonna be waiting for him. And it's just like, it's I can understand why people would be, you know, upset that she would like respond to that or retweet it because it's like, that's not all that kind of is. Like, so mm-hmm. whoever made that joke, instead of them attacking him or that person who made it because she's the more visible one they ended up attacking mm-hmm. her for it and so that was to me that was the only misstep she probably made like I wouldn't even acknowledge that shit retweeted it commented to it nothing because it is kind of it's ignorant to do that and then use that gift for them kids dancing like come on yeah. like y'all didn't have to so like I understood at that point or why people was upset with her with that but everything else I was just kind of like I'm confused but they because just kept dragging like I'm like kept, I don't just kept going I don't get like what she did wrong because she is continuously adding Delta and citing that they are the problem and not Ghana. And she was also saying how like, you know, I deliberately didn't post so much about Ghana because I thought this trip was supposed to be about a certain thing. Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm supposed to show y'all proof that I think positively and I had a good time. Because y'all do do that a lot. It's just like, why are you always documenting your experience? Or when people, you know, take pictures or show that they're doing community services, like, well, if you're doing it for the good of the people, why are you documenting it? It seems like you're doing it for clout. But then y'all complain when y'all don't see celebrities going out there and doing stuff. But when they do post it, it's a photo op. So it's just like, we got to figure out what we want. Because if you want them to show and broadcast that they are out here doing good stuff, or you don't. So I understood where she was coming from from that too. And that she wanted to process everything that happened. Because there was some other stuff happening with her too. Like she had a respiratory infection. There was some stuff happening at a clinic she went to. So I don't know if people took offense to that as well. She but, got sick while she was over there? Yeah, she said she had went to a clinic and she had an experience there as well. And she said they told her she had a respiratory infection or something like that. And maybe that's also what people were jumping on her about too. But I'm like, bro, there was a girl at Spelman who was somewhere over there in Africa. I really can't remember. But she died after a car accident because she mm-hmm. either didn't have the right medical insurance or they wouldn't take her insurance. And she died. Yeah. So it's like, those are just people's experiences. And it doesn't speak for the whole of of Africa or Ghana or that one place but it's just like that's somebody's experience you know and I don't know what the, the clinic thing was about because I didn't read too much more into it but I don't know if there was another added layer to what people were upset about but I mean what specifically the grapevine was replying to I was just like I don't understand what prompted this response because from what I'm reading nothing in here says anything about her condemning the whole of Ghana um, was um, it everything topic wise I think there's one more thing that I okay. that we should just touch on. Um, I don't know if you like been seeing it, but like the brush fires that's going on in Australia. Yeah, I've just wanna send about out it. all the prayers for everyone in Australia, all the wildlife over there. 
Um, just from like the TV shows and different things that I've watched, Australia is a beautiful place. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody like made a map and like overlaid the map of Australia on the United States with like where all the brush fires are like happening and stuff. And they basically said that this is the equivalent to what could happen in the United States but what's happening in Australia. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, when I saw that picture, I was like, oh my God. Because like it hit so many different areas of the United States. It like mm-hmm. hit it hit every coast. It was a fire. And like even in the mid like central part of the United States, it was fire there too. I was like, that is so sad. Mm-hmm. But like they said that they get brush fires every year. But the amount that they had last year to this year is just like astronomically high and it's like out of control. Yeah, praise for Australia. At first it was the Amazon and now it's Australia. So yeah, yeah this, we got to get this climate, uh, this climate change under control, bro. It may be too late though. I also have something else too. One more thing. Mm-hmm. Going back to, you know, referencing back to Carol Sanchez. I just want women to be careful out there. I don't know if you saw this story where that this girl was running out of this Uber and she ran up to somebody's house and the Ring app or whatever camera app called yeah. her getting dragged back. Some guy was trying to kidnap her. And fortunately, mm-hmm. they found her and he's been arrested and she's like alive and well. Her but baby we, was in the car too. I think we, that was... I want to say they was together. I want to say that's her baby's father or something. Okay. We just really have to be careful. Um, yeah. You know, and because they said it was an Uber, a Uber driver, but I guess mm-hmm. now, you know, I guess it makes a lot more sense. Um, but just, we just have to be careful. Um, you know, if you are taking an Uber, keep your location on at all times. Let people um, know where you, you are. Yeah. Then you tell me a tip about like uh, checking a child. The child lock. Lot. Yeah, to see if yeah, it's so on. as soon as I get in the car before they take off, I try to unlock the door. Like I try to open my door. To open, I'm like, okay, I'm canceling it. Yeah, so we just we just had to be careful out here because that could have ended real tragically. Um, yeah, but I'm glad that she is okay and the baby's okay. I didn't know it was a child in the car. I just thought that like mm-hmm. some ladies, like so, the way they old. framed it was that she was in an Uber and the dude was trying to kidnap her. So you know, I'm glad that she's okay. But we just got to be him. careful out here. During the attack, she said his name while he was like beating her. Mm, okay. And that the was ring smart. She did doorbell, that the ring thing picked up her saying his name, and the mm-hmm. police used it to find him, like in the database, all this type of stuff. So yeah. yeah, she was smart. I don't know if she saw the camera or she was just like trying Maybe to she get as know much her attention, house. draw as much attention to herself as possible, because you never know who listening or who watching. But she was smart to do it. But yeah, just yeah. be careful out there, y'all. Um, but that concludes our topic segment. Um, we're mm-hmm. going to now move into Welcome to Adulthood, where basically Daya and I rant and rave about what we hate about adulting. Um, I don't really have mm-hmm. one. She does, so I'm going to let her take it from here. So, um, during the holiday season, I picked up a seasonal job, um, part-time job, just so I can get, you know, a little extra coins in my pocket. Um, I picked up this job before I got a promotion and then increased at my current job. So, But I'm still doing the part-time job for like for me to save money for like investing or different trips I want to take and like I'm really saving my money from my current corporate job so my welcome to adulthood is I guess 
out there to like all the part-time people that are working um especially like these retail jobs or like service customer service type jobs um I commend y'all I have so much respect for y'all um I work at a shoe store I'm not gonna say which one it is um but my manager is an ass like all the time and he's a white male um I also like to point out that his younger brother works there. So it's only him and one other uh, white guy. And then I think another one, but I don't think that he's fully white. Anywho, I say I just to say that all of the younger people that work there, I think I'm the oldest and I'm 24. So everybody under me is like 21, 20, 19, 18, stuff like that. The way that he talks to those kids and those young adults is like, it's just hurtful to the point where, like, I had to help somebody write an email to corporate about harassment and unethical procedures. And it's like I used everything that I had went through or that I was taught and trained about in my corporate job to help these younger people in their part-time job because I'm like, it's not okay. Y'all, this is not normal. Like, you should not be going through anything like this at all. And it's like no matter how good they do – or how good the sales are one day, how hard they go, customer service, no matter how busy we are, we still try to go above and beyond and try to do what we need to do to get, you know, to help the customers. He literally finds an issue with every single thing. So I guess my welcome to adulthood is don't let nobody take your confidence away from you. Don't let them take away, like, you know, who you are as a person. Don't let them demean you, belittle you. Like, just because you're working at, like, a part-time job and you may you may only are working and getting paid for the minimum wage, that does not take away from the fact that you are a person. You're a living, breathing human being who deserves respect, who deserves, like, you know, equal rights to everything that you do, like, at these jobs. And, like, they literally come to me for, like, advice, ask me questions about stuff. And it's just, like, I just wish that we were more suited to, like, handle certain things like this, especially when it comes to these type of jobs and to better help support younger people because they just don't know. They literally think that, oh, yeah, I'm still my mom. Like, I can make this $11 an hour. And, like, I can save it and stack it up. I'm going to do this. And, girl, I'll be back there telling them, like, listen, uh uh-uh. You need to budget, you need to save your money, you need to get you like a little, you know, use acorns or something. Save your money, stack your little investments up. Like, always think about the future. Don't think that you're going to be here for like, you know, a long time. Like, yes, you may want to be a supervisor, all this type of stuff, but like, at what cost and what else could you be doing? And like, when somebody does something wrong to you, what are you doing to make sure that your voice is heard? Because right now, they going through it. And like, one of one of the supervisors quit, and I actually enjoyed working with her, but she was just over, like, the customers being disrespectful, and then when the customers are disrespectful, you expect your manager, your um, your management team to have your back and to support you, but when you don't have that support and, like, that understanding from your management team, everybody's just going to think that it's okay to disrespect you in front of the customers. So, like, girl, it's just a whole ass mess over there, and, like, I am going to quit I know I am. I was trying to stick it out, but nah. 
it's just not worth it. I got bigger fish to fry. It was a good experience overall, but like, nah. But that's not welcome to adulthood. Okay, well, we do not have homegrown this week because we don't have anything. And I feel like that's a good sign and nothing crazy has happened down here or nothing mm-hmm. as of yet has happened good that I feel like I need to report on. Um, but hopefully we'll have something next week. Is anything happening up there in New Jersey? Nothing? Um, okay. Um, so we're going to move into the last segment, which is like TV, movies, and music talk. Um, we can talk about that album I sent you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, NPR Tiny Desk is like this beautiful blessing that, you know, will put you on artists or, you know, put your favorite artists on there, perform their asses off. And I just happened to be on Instagram one day because I followed them. And I just saw this group called Moonchild performing. It's a white woman, white band, and they sounded really good. For some strange reason, the first thing that popped up on my YouTube was their album from a couple of years ago. So I was like, okay, well, fuck it. Since I like that one song, let me just hear the whole album. And it was really good. It's a really nice vibe. It's very chill. I don't know what she puts me in the mindset of. Like, I feel like she reminds me of somebody, but I can't put my finger on it quite mm. yet. But it gives me in the realm of like an internet, you know, neo soul. Mm. Um, if you like the internet and you like Erica Badu and you like Ari Lennox, I don't know why you wouldn't like her um, or the group. Um, did I say what the name of them were? They're called mm-hmm. Moonchild. Yeah, Moon they're called Moonchild. Um, and so, since I'm such a nice person, I sent it over to Daya and my brother. You decided you, to share the wealth. Yeah, and you both enjoyed it because my brother was like, "Oh, I heard what you sent me, and it was really good. It's a nice vibe." And then when you texted me, and you was like, "This album is a vibe." I was like, <laughs> "Thank you," because you it's a whole ass vibe. Um, but yeah, it really it's a smooth ride. Like all the way through, it's just a smooth ass ride. Like nothing sounds the same. It's all like very light and airy but it's very like groovy and she has a really nice you know what I feel like it kind of reminds me of it kind of reminds me of when I um was Solange's when I when I go home mm-hmm. or when I get home that's what it kind of reminds me of it's just real smooth and it's relaxing and it's a vibe and I just feel like you know if you don't know Moonchild get into them they have another album that they I think they put out last year that I'm going to listen to next. I'm going to send it to you. But really great album, really great band. Sound just as good on CD as they do live. So, you know, I'm glad to find a new group to listen to for the new year. What are you, what are your thoughts? Um, So when I first, I threw it on right before I got into the shower. And mm-hmm. I honestly think that it just took my shower to a whole nother place. Because usually when I'm in the shower, I either listen to a podcast or like some song or something like that. Or a lot of times I just need to disconnect completely. Mm-hmm. And I would just shower in silence. But my phone is always in the bathroom with some type of sound playing. But I just thought that it just set the vibe for like a whole like, you know, moment of chillaxation. Um, I thought it was good. Like, I'd be into shit like that. Like, I just like that the vibes and the mood that it gave me. Um, I feel like sometimes it, like the production of it, just was placing me in the mind of like a little Solange esque, a little Georgia Smith esque, like those type of vibes, but without the singing, because like 
her voice is like completely different from mm-hmm. those two people. But production, music wise, beat wise, yes, in those same realm. So I enjoyed it. And then like my uh my YouTube suggested another album that they have. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I gotta say that to watch later so I can listen to it. But yeah, I enjoyed it. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, no problem. You know, I love sharing good music. And there was mm-hmm. somebody else on NPR named Ravina that mm-hmm. a snippet of her NPR that I saw that I'm gonna try to get into her next because Whatever song she was singing, it was really nice and she sounded really good. So I was like, okay, you'll be the next one I get on to. But you know, you don't really have to save into your watch later because whenever you log into YouTube, yeah, it's going to always there. be the first thing that's mm-hmm. going to pop up because they know based on previous listens, like this is probably what you're going to want to listen to. But yeah, please check out Moonchild. Really good band. I, I want to know where they're from because I'm probably going to watch their NPR Tiny Disc so I can get a little glimpse of, you know, yeah. what more they got to offer. But, you know, great group. Excited to hear more. Would love to see you live. So yeah, um, go ahead and talk about um, funky ass power. So I really just hope that the writers are not about to throw away um, <laughs> power as a whole. Not about uh, to throw away. Okay, they've done a lot. They've done a lot to just throw it completely away. <laughs> I just don't want to feel the way some of the people that were really into Game of Thrones felt when the Game of Thrones ended. I do not want to feel that way. And I feel like we may be getting to that point. Because mm-hmm. um, now the whole thing is who shot ghosts. My whole thing is, is it who shot uh, ghosts or is it who killed ghosts? Like, let me understand. Is the nigga dead or not? So um, I think what they're foreshadowing now is like, they are literally about to take us through the same day but through all six different suspects. Oh, hell no. To figure out who shot him. And then, because, okay, so the first episode was Dre. It was all about Dre. It was about his childhood, his mama, girl, all this type of stuff. And I'm just like, I don't think I need to know this much information about Dre. I mean, I'm interested, but I don't think I need to ask for this. But it just centered around him, like, getting out of the state. He was supposed to have a fresh start or whatever like that. Um, also, question, uh, where the hell is this baby mama being all this time? Because now she just miraculously popped up in this episode. I'm like, sis, I've never seen you since Power yeah, was. because why, why hasn't the baby been with her? No, remember that one exactly. time he was having sex? Remember that one time he was having sex with that girl and they had this shootout? That was his baby mama. Okay, remember? well, this girl looked different. Okay, Somebody, see, really that's, fucking that's, up. This one, like, so, okay, I don't remember seeing her. Uh, I'm still hearing her talk because she has like an accent or something, like she's from the island. Um, girl, you don't get the fuck out of here because that girl he was fucking was black. She was yeah, a regular was, black girl. She was black. This girl was black, but I guess hearing her talk, she has an accent. She um, didn't have an accent on that one episode. That's why I know they. Did we hear her talk on that? Yes, episode? yes, because they are talking while they're having sex, and then all of a sudden. Oh. Either he saw something in the mirror was he or he cheating? saw somebody. No, the girl, no. The girl, it was, I forgot what season this was, but I think it was after he got somebody locked up. Somebody was coming after him. He was mm-hmm. hitting it from the back. And it was his baby mama he was having sex with because the baby was in the other room. And I don't know if she looked in the mirror and saw somebody there or if he did, but he told her to get down. And then they started having a shootout. Like she was helping him. Like she must be into some shit too because she was killing mm-hmm. niggas too. Like, I thought she was going to die or something, but no, like, it was him and her versus them niggas. They won, and then he was like, go check on the baby. That's mm-hmm. why I'm like, I'm confused, like, 
Um, I know it ain't the same person. I ain't even gotta watch this shit to know that they fucking up. Continue. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So it was all about Dre. So I'm pretty sure that we're gonna get a whole episode about what the fuck Tommy was doing, what the fuck Tasha was doing. Also, it's six suspects. It's only four episodes left. We already did Dre. How y'all finna fit these? I listen. I better get. One episode of Ghost Last Moments by himself, if this is what it happened. Okay. I don't care. So, but, what I'm thinking is the person that don't get an episode is the person who killed him. That's or what I'm thinking, too. But they said, somebody that Courtney, gonna die. they said that Courtney said that each of the six suspects, one of the six suspects shot Ghost. It's not nobody who was not listed as a suspect. Because everybody on Twitter thinks that Ramona did it. Because that's the only person that could get that close to James. Where he didn't see it coming. And they said that when he got shot, he just looked shocked. First of all, I don't remember seeing his face when he got shot. We just saw him falling out the balcony. With that whack ass rendition of it's a big rich town playing in the background. That shit was he... sad. I don't know what you talking about, but I felt that in my spirit. I feel like if you make another remix to this shit, I'm going to punch you in the face. 50 it sounded great though. And I like the symbolism that it had. Like, he was literally at the top. Now, he had cut everybody off. He was about to go completely clean, about to be the lieutenant governor, whatever like that. And it was like his fall from grace. Like, he had made it all the way to the top and he fallen from grace. Anywho, um, I definitely think that they're throwing away this whole... uh, (laughs) So, next week, who is going to be about next week? Uh, Oh, everybody is pissed about next week. Angela's sister. Somebody said, if I gotta sit through this shit for an hour to look at what the fuck her nagging ass did, <laughs> like, y'all can keep it. That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, so basically, they have not shown ghosts. They're not gonna show ghosts this entire last five episodes. I mean, he's he was in Dre episode, but it was like the whole conversation that him and Dre had, but it was still different than what we saw last like the last episode. We saw you know a little what? bit more details on what happened. You and then they what? also said, so then people like, so I don't believe Ghost is dead until I see him in the casket. We also said the same thing about Angela and Angela asked was actually dead. Because like, there's one part within the episode where Dre looks at the TV screen and it says, um, tonight New Yorkers are mourning the loss of slain James St. Patrick. They say that he was slain. So I was like, maybe he is dead. You know Which what? is dumb. If they killed off ghosts, that's dumb. You know what? This is this is stupid as fuck. I knew this shit was gonna be whack when I saw a little mini trailer that they put out of the cop, you know, interrogating every single person who was walking towards the club that night. Mm. And then at the end, she was like, if you have any verbal stuff, but the, but the thing, Patrick, you know, she talked really, really weird with her mouth. Yeah. Like she talked with her teeth. If you have anything about the thing, thing, I'm like, this shit is corny as fuck. Like if I didn't want to watch before this trailer definitely makes me not want to watch now. And knowing that they're doing this whole, okay, every episode is going to be a different perspective. Then it's only five episodes of the six suspects. I don't think James is dead. I think they're probably setting it up to make it seem like he's dead and they're not telling everybody else because they want to make sure that if they, they're putting it out there and make it seem like he's dead so that way the person who did shot them can think that they you know, finished the job. But mm-hmm. I don't think he's dead. We Y'all probably won't see him to the season finale and it's probably going to be this whole thing where it was a setup or like he planned this shit 
you know what, sis? I want you to watch it for me, and I'm going to just live through you. Because to be honest, I don't have a way to watch it anymore because it's not on Xfinity, right? It's not on Xfinity anymore. And That's how I'm watching it. Okay, well, even if it was, my auntie changed the password and stuff, so I still mm. don't have a way to watch it. Um, so I'm going to just live through you, and I'm going to listen to you and a couple of other people's reviews because I don't want to. I don't want to do it anymore. I, um, oh well, here's okay. a spoiler. If anybody is listening, if you don't want to know what else happened in the episode, click off now. All right, Dre is dead. <laughs> they finally killed Dre. How they kill him? How they kill him? So, also the writers be doing some of the most unrealistic shit. Is like it's hell. So throughout this episode, Dre was in and out of jail, like two or three times. Like, I know I saw him go to jail, like, two or three times. Maybe two. So, turns out that, you know, in the last episode, Dre set up Tommy's warehouse, and they arrested, uh, what's their name? Um, two Spanky. 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 And Spanky. Two, yeah. So, they in jail with, uh, Andre. Ghost gives them a burner phone and said, if you kill Andre... I'll take care of y'all families while y'all serve time or whatever like that. So Dre comes into prison. They about to shank his ass, but somehow he snitched on somebody and got out with the quickness. So then at the end, they arrest him for the murder of James St. Patrick because they caught him running out the club. He he was inside the club, but he heard the gunshot and took off running and left the club. As he was running out, the detective was running in. He punched the shit out of her in her eye and like left her knocked out cold and tried to get in the car with his baby mom and the kid and drive off to like Vegas or whatever. This dumbass decides that he wants to stop and get some gas and get some funions and get some Sprite and wants to fill up his car. So they arrested him because obviously you didn't get that fucking far from the murder scene, dummy. So he gets in prison again. So then Spanky and Two Bit see him like, oh nah, we really finna shank his ass now. We ain't gonna we ain't gonna miss this opportunity no more. And Andre starts a fight on purpose in the cafeteria so they can throw him in solitary confinement for 10 days. So that way he can protect himself by being in solitary confinement. Um we saw the same thing with when they see us with Corey. Like Corey felt safer in solitary confinement. That way he like he wasn't getting beat up on all that type of stuff. Girl, Spanky and Tubit with the connection that Ghost had already gave them with the guards or whatever. Find his cell in solitary confinement. Open the little door where they be sliding food and shit in. And start throwing in these wet ass towels. Like these towels were like soaked in water. Until Dre starts smelling with the towels are soaked in. Girl, it's fucking alcohol. <laughs> Spanky and Tubit open the door like, yeah, motherfucker, you <laughs> to light your ass on fire. You have to be a crispy ass motherfucker. Like that's how they was talking. And then Jay's like, "Come on, man, I got a daughter." <laughs> that is excuse every fucking time. I wouldn't do this. Da, 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 da. Like, come on, y'all, we from the same block. We grew up as boys. All this type of stuff. Now you know, Frankie don't fuck with Dre because Kanan had Dre shoot some dude in the face like three times, and that dude and like Spanky were like best friends or brothers or something like that. Even though Kanan really did the dirty work, Dre just shot him up or whatever like that. So Kanan fed that information to Spanky a long time ago. So Spanky has had this vendetta against Dre forever. Um, so 
Twinkies takes the match. I mean, the lighter and lights. Oh, girl, then they spray the alcohol on him while he inside the cell and they set his ass on fire. And when I say that was extremely graphic, it was extremely graphic. Like they um, show him getting burnt? Yes. <laughs> I also don't know how I feel about them like killing so many characters off. It's like, yeah, I feel like it should have been a gradual process of killing folks off instead of trying to wipe out half the cast in one season. It just feels mm-hmm. so unrealistic. It just, it don't feel good. It's like, y'all couldn't kill off half these motherfuckers like last we season. Going through yeah, it, as yeah. we were going through it. Instead of trying to kill everybody out. It just seems like a cheap way to take out so many characters. I when see. I feel like if the writing was there, you would have a more creative way to get rid of some of these motherfuckers. Yeah. So I'm but, glad um, I'm not watching it because that sounds stupid as fuck. Yeah, but I still think Proctor had the worst death of all because Proctor went out fighting. And so I guess Pie's going to be there like next week. So Pie's going to die next week. We don't know and shit. Then, I bet you Tyreek was the one that shot his damn daddy. They're going to make his weak ass shoot his daddy. Watch. Which is dumb. Watch. But, um, yeah, Dre's dead. Oh, there was also another scene where Dre had black ball, uh, what they call those people? I don't know what they call those people. Not the distro, but the people that work for them. It's not with a P word. I can't think of the name. Uh, he had bought one dude on the team with him, and he was fresh out of jail. Like, the nigga had got out of jail that day or the day before or something like that. And Dre was, like, reminiscing with him, and they was, like, all dabbing up. Like, they was all buddy-buddy in front of these people. The Serbian people come in, and then a shootout ensues. And right before the end of the shootout, it's just Dre and his best friend that just got out of jail. In the shootout, right? Mm-hmm. Why didn't Dre use this dude that had just got out of jail as a human shield? I am done with this fucking show. And then Dre makes it out because he used the dude that had just got out of jail that was his best friend as a human shield. That's Everybody why. was like, Dre don't give a fuck about nobody. About nobody. It's my daughter. It's my daughter, man. I got a daughter. I, just, I got a daughter. She say that every day. <laughs> and everybody be like, don't nobody give a fuck about that little kid. Like, they all be saying, like, fuck them kids. Mind you, you killed a cop who helped save your fucking daughter. Your fucking right. daughter. Because you got a daughter. A daughter. You are so stupid. <laughs> it's fucking so. I'm not watching it. You're just making it worse. I'm not watching it. I might peek in for the season finale. I might try to find a little link. But I'm not watching this shit. I'm done, bro. So you know what? Thank you for that remedy review. Thank you so much. I like I'm sorry to that show. Episode. I hate to say it. I hope I don't sound ridiculous. I'm sorry to that show. <laughs> if I saw it on TV, I wouldn't know a thing. So, whew, okay. To close this show on out, I just want to briefly say, you know, they put out the trailer for A Quiet Place Part 2 last week and OMG I cannot wait to see this movie the first movie was really good if you haven't seen it basically it's about this world where you have to be quiet like you cannot make a sound because if these alien creatures hear you they're gonna kill you like they have really sensitive hearing and so they're attracted to sound so if you make a noise like you're gone like they don't have doors Mm -hmm. they they don't have silverware they put sand on the ground so they can walk on it. Because, you know, when you walk on sand, it doesn't make a sound. And, like, 
it's to the point where like when they play Monopoly, they can't even use the the regular board pieces. Like they have to use pieces of fabric to play oh because God. they had to be quiet. And I mean, they use sign language to, you know, talk to each other, but they also have a daughter who's deaf. So it's a little bit easier for them to communicate. You know, it's like, it's an advantage for them because they have a daughter who's deaf so they can just communicate that way. But John Krasinski, if you watch The Office, you know he played, I guess, Jim, I think that was his character's name, and his wife, Emily Blunt, they starred in the film, um, and he wrote and directed it, and he's coming back to write and direct the second one. And I won't spoil anything if you want to watch it, Um, but the trailer just looked lit as fuck. The way it start off, the trailer just is just perfect. So I'm just I'm excited to see it. It's coming out in March. We don't have an exact date yet, but I ain't, we ain't got long because this fucking year gonna fly by just like 2019 did. So right, before you know down. it, I'm gonna be seeing that, and then I'm gonna be seeing Black Widow in May, and then it's gonna be time for some more Marvel shit to come out, and then the Mandalorian gonna be coming back out. So I just say all that to say I can't wait to see a quiet place. But um. We're back. This is episode one of the new year. And um, I'm excited. Same. I'm excited. So thank you all for tuning in. Be sure to look out for that DNA playlist volume six coming out soon. Um, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.